Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Welcome to the Southern Appalachian Outdoors podcast. I'm Sean Crow, And I'm Matthew Owens. Welcome to our podcast. This week we're going to talk about everything you need to know for fly fishing. Now this is going to be a two-part series um, that we're going to break up um, and continue on next week. Um, we're not going to, we're going to go pretty in-depth on gear more than we are actual flies and, yeah. and technique. Um, so we're going to be mostly talking about gear. Now, if you're not a beginner and you've been fly fishing for years, I'd encourage you to listen because we're going to talk about some stuff. When I was preparing it, I got a little bit of a refresher on some of this information myself. So it's a good thing just to listen to and um, gain some more knowledge about. Um, also, if you have anything you'd like to add, feel free to do it in the comments. Um, we'd love to work it in. If you have any questions on any of the material we go over, um, feel free to leave it in the comments. Um, Matt, you want to talk about the giveaway we're going to do for the Fly Fishing Podcast? Yeah. So we're doing our first giveaway. Now, we are giving away this authentic Sam's Fishing product hat, and the winner will be announced on October the 2nd. All you got to do is like and share the podcast, and we will let y'all know who's who wins it on October the 2nd. Yeah, so if, you'll, it'll, any, if you either share, like and share this one or next week's, um, you'll be entered in, and we'll announce it on the third podcast from now. Yep. All righty. Well, we're going to kick it off like we normally do. Um, yep. We're going to talk about a new product. Um, haven't got this one in the store yet. Am waiting on it though. Um, so, All right. so here's what we got lined up. Some Reddington Run. Let's see. Is this a rod? This is a reel. Oh, it's a reel. Okay. Yep. So it's unmachinable design constructed from die cast aluminum, which we're going to get into later. This is a cast reel, not a machined reel. All right. See, I don't know that much about fly fishing. Yeah, Matt's gonna learn a lot. I, I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the side voice of this podcast. <laughs> All right, so we got ported large. How you say this? Arbor Arbor, mm-hmm. Arbor design for quick line retrieval. Compact carbon fiber drag that offers smooth stopping power. It's easy to adjust. Recessed drag knob that won't catch excess line. Push button spool release. Spools are interchangeable with a rise reel. Rounded reel foot for line protection. Twin molded soft touch ergonomic handle. Easily converts from left to right handed retrieve. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Nylon reel case included and it has a lifetime warranty. So the Reddington run is um, similar to the rise. That's why the spools are interchangeable. Um, now the rise is a machined aluminum reel. Um, where this is a casted reel. Um, they look almost identical. There's a few different things you get with casting yeah. that, you, and that differ from um, a machine piece. And we're going to cover that in a little while when we talk about reels, um, what the difference is between a cast and a machined reel. I um, got you. But like we said, the spools are interchangeable, um, which is cool if you have a Reddington Rise. Um, and you're looking for a little bit cheaper option. Now, this is a little bit cheaper, the run is. Um, mm-hmm. But I think they don't make this in the 910 size, um, which is for your saltwater guys. But I don't know if they're going to add that or not later on, depending on how popular this is. But everything I've heard, this is the most popular reel they got going right now. It comes at $109.99. 
See, I wouldn't know that much about fly fishing, but it doesn't sound too bad. No, it's a really good reel. All righty. Well, I think we're going to kick this off. Um, let me pull up my timer here so I know when to stop myself because yeah. I can talk for a while. <laughs> Who knows what we'll end up talking about. <laughs> yeah, this, this could go in 40 <laughs> different directions. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do an everything you need to know to start fly fishing. Um, like I said, if you're a beginner or advanced, I'd encourage you to listen. You're, you're going to get a little bit of information out of it either way. I'm really excited about this. Yeah. All right, Sean. So tell me about rods. All right. So fly fishing rods is possibly the most confusing thing besides leaders and tippet. Yes. So you don't have a necessarily a medium, medium heavy, heavy action like you do in casting rods. Yeah. You have weighted rods. Mm-hmm. So... Most I'm going to start with two weight. That's the smallest thing I carry, and it's basically a noodle. Two weight rod, three weight rod, four weight rod, five weight rod. Now, this is located. I brought a broken rod that we have in the, just have laying around the store. Get it right. Can you see that four weight right there? Four WT? Yeah, it's a little glare on it. So, on, stamped on the rod, it'll say the weight of the rod. That's critical um, when you get into line. So if you have a four-weight rod, you're going to have to have a four-weight line. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. The weight of the rod is depending on the size fish you're targeting and the amount of room you have to cast. Um, but it's also factored by line, which we'll talk about later. All this relates together. Um, so the different weight of the rod determines the different cast. Love the length of cast or distance, rather? Yes, it can. So a seven and a half foot rod, which is normally found in two weight, three weight, four weight, um, is harder to get a distance cast out of. Now, if you ever seen a fly cast in a movie, you know it's got that big mm-hmm. stroke on it. With a seven and a half rod, that's almost impossible. But seven and a half rods are good for around here because our streams aren't that big, and you don't have to have that big wide open cast to get from one side to the other. Okay. Um, five weight is what I recommend to all people when they start trout fishing for uh, flies. Um, five weight is going to cover whether you want to do a little bit of heavier or if you want to go a little bit of lighter. You can cover it all in five weight. Um, so that's what I recommend. My favorite rod, which I left in my truck, I forgot to bring it up here, is the Reddington Classic Trout. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a moderate action rod. Now, besides weight, you have actions, the same as you do with like a fast action or a slow action, casting or spinning rod. Um, fast action is what 90% of advanced fly fishermen are going to go for. They're gonna, they know their timing, they know their casts, that rod's going to move that line quickly to where they want it. Most beginners are going to lean toward a moderate rod. Mm-hmm. Now, a slow action rod is pretty common when when you get in the shorter rods. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you're not making that giant cast, you're only going a small distance. It helps deliver the presentation softly. So that's when you want to want a slow action rod. But most most beginner rods are around immediate or a moderate to a moderate fast action. Okay. So if I was starting out, I'd want a pretty much. What you call it, moderate five weight? That's what I'd recommend. All right, so five that, weight rod, and that also means I have to have five weight line? Correct. All right. 
that's what the classic trout is. That's our number one seller. Um, $170 for your rod. Really good rod. So one I use 70% of the time I go fly fishing. I absolutely love it. All right, so we're going to break down the weights and where you should use what weight. Um, for a two to four weight, you're generally fishing for very small trout or panfish and a pretty small stream. Um, what I mean by small stream is creek to probably 30 foot wide. You know, a really small body of water where your trout aren't going to be huge. We don't have anything bigger than that out here, do we? You can get parts of the saluda that are pretty pretty gaping. Okay. Um, five to six is for trout and small bass. And what I mean by small bass is we have a lot of red-eye bass, yeah. which okay. are a subspecies of smallmouth, which I have in a later point in here as well. Five weight to six weight. And that's where you want want to be as a beginner you want that five or six weight range like i said i'd recommend five weight it's just a little bit easier to learn on seven to eight is for large trout and you're starting to get into saltwater fish and bass um largemouth bass and lakes is mm-hmm. in spotted bass um nine plus is for large saltwater fish so if you're going trout fishing please don't bring a nine nine weight rod um you're not going to be able to cast what you need to cast it's just not going to work. Um, for picking out a new rod, the best thing to do is go to a fly shop or call a fly shop. They don't mind helping you out, answering your questions. It's going to be the best way for you to get what you need to get um, and get you started in fly fishing because it can be very difficult. But if you consult somebody, they can make it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but it can get pretty complicated in the long run. All right, Matt, so you got any more questions on rods? Mm, not really. Pretty much covered the basics. Yeah. I, I also have a thing written down here. Um, um, is a graph on the Reddington website, which Reddington is who we carry for rods and reels, um, one of our rods and reel companies. Um, but they have a great rod selector tool on their mm-hmm. website that can really help you narrow down what you should get. And if you're looking for it to hit a price point, um, it'll show you the best thing that you should get in that price point. So that's a really good way um, for you to do it yourself um, to get a rod. Right. All right, you want to go into reels a little bit? All right, let's see what we got wrote down. Chase says hi. Hey, Jace. You're supposed to be working. <laughs> yeah. All right. Reels can be made from two types of material, cast or machined. Right. So cast reels um, have traditionally been looked down upon in the fly fishing world um, due to it's a pretty newer product. It's been around for 10 years or so. And fly fishing, that's baby stage fly fishing dates back to 1400 as far as we know probably older right yeah Um, so in fly fishing world this is a infant Um, but it's gotten so much advanced over the past four to five years Um, Reddington most of their reels are going to be cast aluminum cast aluminum is where they just pour it into a mold yeah so it's not machined Um, on a machine it's molded the main difference is in durability. 
Um, say if I fall in the river and this thing smashes a rock, it'll probably break into like three pieces. Right, now, it takes a hard hit to do this. I don't think you can't just bump it on a rock. It takes a hard hit. But you're going to run into having it come into three pieces. Whereas in a uh, machine machine reel, machined reel is going to dent more likely. Yeah. So that's your main difference. They've come so far with these things, though, it takes a solid hit. Now, I've had one for four years, and I'm not by no means the easiest person on gear, and I haven't had any issues with it. Um, so that, that shows a durability mm-hmm. standpoint. Um, with cast reels, you're getting in a little bit cheaper, too. So what we were talking yeah. about a minute ago, that run reel, that's 109 to where I think the Rise which is the machine version of it, is around 200 to 250 if I remember right. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, so the, there's about a $100 price difference in the same exact reel, but it's cast versus machine. Now, if you're a beginner, don't be afraid of cast reels. There's nothing wrong with them. Long-term durability, if you like to take long trips um, for fly fishing, which is really popular, I'd go machine. You're just going to have more comfort in the durability of your gear. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I haven't had any issues with them, and we've gone all over with fishing with them. Um, so that's a, that's a, that just shows you how advanced the technology has been. Um, the other main difference is an arbor size. Um, and what they mean by arbor size is I have an example right here. So this is a small arbor reel. You see how this piece right here is really small? Yeah. That's your arbor, that center piece. Okay. So that's a small arbor reel. Now, see where the center piece starts on this one? Yeah. That's a large arbor reel. I got you. 90% of modern reels have gone large arbor. Why is that? Because you don't have to have as much backing, and per turn, you're getting more line in. Mm, right. When these first came out, everybody hated them. Now they're the most popular fly reel made. People hate change. Yep. It's, it started with saltwater, um, fighting bigger fish, but it has since turned over into where your standard trout reels are large arbor. I got one right here. Now this is a saltwater reel. It's an eight, nine size. Um, but this is a good example of a large arbor fly f- trout fly fishing reel. Um, so arbor size is your second big point in picking out a fishing reel. I would go large arbor nine times out of ten, um, especially starting out. So if I'm starting out, I want to get a five-weight rod, mm-hmm. a casted reel with a large arbor. Okay. Um, this would probably be, these would be the two reels I'd have you pick from, and I'll, I'm going to go over the differences in a minute. All right. They're both large arbor. They're both a five-weight reel. Um, there's some minor differences. Now, I've written down my three main points for picking out a reel. Um, you might disagree and have some other factors, but this is what I look for when I'm picking out a reel. What size weight is my fly rod? The reason that matters is the balance. So if I have this four-weight rod and I put a 
nine weight reel on it, it's going to look ridiculous. It's not made for this heavy of a reel. The yeah. rod's going to do this right here when you hold it. It's not going to be balanced. Um, and also, if I'm fighting a two-inch trout, I don't need this right. giant reel. So make sure you get one that's in the right weight class for your rod. Um, some companies have made it easy, like Reddington, where they put, this is a 7-8 reel. They have 7-8 written on there. Others, like Lampson, this is a size 2.5 reel. Um, so when picking out a reel, talk to somebody that can help you size it. Nine times out of ten, that's going to be the best way to do it. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of the, I think it's Nautilus. I might be wrong on this. They have a reel selector on their website. You can put in the exact rod you have, um, and it'll match the right reel for that rod. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So they've, they've got it really helpful where you can figure that out. Um, my second main point is what type of drag do I need? Now, there's a hundred different drags in fly fishing reels. The three most common are going to be click drags, cork drags, carbon fiber drags. Now, what's the difference in all those? All right. So this rod, this Reddington right here is called the Zero. Mm-hmm. This has a clicking drag. So there's no drag adjustment, as you can see. When you're fighting a fish and it's pulling on it, you can hear that clicking. Yeah. It has a clicker to resist. Um, oh, okay. So there's no adjustable drag. It's just that click. So it's pretty much just you and the fish. Right. Instead of a reel. Right. When you're fighting a small trout, you never need drag. Yeah. Um, so if you're just going to fish small trout and panfish, a clicking drag is ideal. Um, you're not spending the money on a reel with a drag, what it costs. It's about $40 more to go from that reel to this one right here, which is the Reddington Behemoth. Now, the Behemoth is a large arbor, large arbor that's designed to hold a lot of backing. But this has a 30-pound carbon fiber drag system in it. Wow. Um, Hence the name. Yeah, it's... Behemoth. Yeah, it's a big one. <laughs> Let me pull it off here. All right, so your drag system is located in this locking mechanism right here. Right. There's a carbon fiber disc inside of here, and when you tighten your drag, it's putting those discs tighter together. So like brakes on a car. Exactly. Okay. It's like It's like a rotor on a car. Um, the, the other type, cork, um, which is found in really high-end rods, is essentially the same thing, but... They're, they're not sealed. There's a cork ring that's going to be right here, which is going to, when you screw your drag, it's going to sandwich the reel up against the cork piece, and that's going to be, okay. you know, what creates the drag. Now, would that affect, like, as you tighten it, would it make it harder to reel? It does. Okay. A little bit. That would make, that would make sense. It, it makes it a little harder to reel, not much. It's not, man, I can't reel this thing when I have it locked down. Um, but you can feel a little difference. I got you. Um, the other two factors that come into play is a sealed drag and an unsealed drag. This Lampson, for example, has a sealed drag. Every component of the drag is located in this sealed chamber. Water, sand, dirt cannot get in there. That's great for salt water. 
Yeah. Um, or if you don't want a maintenance year reel, that's another option. Nine times out of ten, if you know you're going to get an unsealed drag to begin with, they take very little maintenance. That's not like you think. Put a little bit of oil on it every once in a while. When you get done fishing with it, pull it apart like I have right here um, and let it dry out. That's about as much maintenance as you need to do. So a lot of beginners get scared with having an unsealed drag, um, especially with a cork reel. They see that cork stick sticking out, and they they don't they don't feel like they're incapable of maintaining it. Right. Um, but it's really not a hard maintenance job. Yeah. Now my third factor is price. Fly fishing reels can be eighty dollars to thousands of dollars. <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, price is a big factor in how much you want to spend. For an average fly fishing setup, um, the best beginner set, you're going to spend about $350 to $400 in total. Wow. Um, But that's with the perfect equipment to help you learn as quick as possible. Right. Now, now you can spend $160 and get a combo set and learn perfectly fine, but it's going to take a little bit more adjusting. Yeah. Um, to where if you had the the complete perfect setup um, to learn on. So that's my three big factors. Size, what size rod do I have, drag, how much drag do I need, and then price. Mm-hmm. That's what I look for now. Let me check my time. My phone went to sleep. We're 24, 25 minutes. Okay. My phone. So I'm going to switch over here. Um, I got one of my reels, which I got a new spool for, um, and I need to put the line on it. So I'm going to kind of demonstrate how to do that, how I would size it up. All right. Um, 90% of fly shops, if you ask them to do it, they're going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't mind at all. But if you ordered this stuff online and you needed to put it together for the next day, it's kind of a good, good way to show you how to do it. Cool. Let's do it. Pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, really is. No. Okay, now I can. All right. So I've moved cameras. Can you still see good? Nope. Mike's in the way. <laughs> Better? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to go over how to get. We're going to go over line later. Um, but this is the ideal line for what I'm doing. Um, when you get your line, it comes in this package right here. Now, it has two looped ends. One's where you connect your leader. One's where you connect to backing. Okay, so this isn't like you just go out and buy line for your regular bass fishing reels, yeah. whether they're open, bait casters. Yeah, it's totally different. So this is like one segment of line for your whole reel. Right. All right. So there's three main parts to your fly fishing reel line. You have backing. Which yeah. is this blue line right here. You have your, your fly line, which is this right here. And then you have your leader, which we're going to talk about in a while. All right. Um, so I have put the suggested amount of backing on. Um, when you buy a reel, most of the websites will say how much backing this reel can hold um, mm-hmm. to line. 
Now, when you do this, make sure you turn your drag all the way open. So I'm going to turn my drag all the way open where it's on free spool. Yeah. On here, it's going to say, attach this into backing. So we're going to take... I should have went ahead and did this. So that is not backing. No, this is your fly line. Okay. This is what you're actually casting out there. <clears throat> what is the backing? This braided, this color decoron, decoron braided line. You don't line. cast that out there? No. So why is it there? So if you're fighting a fish um, and they take all of this line, you have yeah. more on there. Gotcha. Also it's like when, insurance. Right, exactly. Gotcha. When you're reeling in, if you don't have this, you're having to reel more um, to get that fly line back yeah. on there than you do if you have this space taken up. Gotcha. Okay. So that serves two purposes. Correct. Mm-hmm. Makes your arbor bigger, too. Yep. I got you. All right. So now this is the attach this into backing side, um, which we'll cover in a little bit when we get to line specific. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and... I do an improved clinch knot. Now there's a million different knots you can do. All right, so the improved clinch knot, you're going to roll this over six to seven times approximately. Three, four, five, six. We're going to go seven. All right, now that line's wrapped right here. This top loop. I'm going to spread it out. I'm going to pull it through the top loop, and you're going to go back through the loop you just created down at the bottom. Now I didn't do this very pretty. So now this is your improved clinch knot to the loop of your fly line. So now your fly line is connected to your reel. You don't trim that up? I mean, you can, but it's going to be way down in here. Gotcha. Yeah. Matt, there's a pair of nippers. All right. In one of the side pockets on that pouch. I'll show how much I trim it when I do. Now in the, the belt side of it. Yeah, it should be that one right there. It's a little green pair. Sweet. Man, it's kind of weird taking them headphones off and then you get back in reality. And then you... All right, so I always leave a little tag on this because this braid is going to cinch down when it has a lot of tension on it. Right, and it's going to so pull a little, a little bit, bit more. Room. Yeah. All right, so now we got our, we're ready to spool up our reel. We're not going to go in one one side. That's what I call the mushroom. You're going to get a big side and a very small side. Right. You want to evenly distribute. Now, the easiest way to do it is like if you have a bait caster reel, that little piece that goes back and forth, and do that with your hands. Um, take your time. This is not a quick... You want to hold that. All right, so as I'm going through here, I'm going to slowly move this line back and forth on this reel. Oh, man. Yeah, it did the dirty. Got all these electronics and stuff. I know. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm a horrible no, you're good. spool holder.
Now, if you've never done this and you take that thing apart and unspool all this line out, you're going to be untangling it, untangling it for like four hours. <laughs> um, so I would definitely get somebody that knows how to do it to do it. Let you watch them? Yeah. And like I said, 90% of fly shops are more than willing to help you get started. Um, there we go. All right, so now we're starting to get some line on there. See, we've kind of evenly distributed it throughout the reel. Uh-huh. And then we're going to get to our color change. <laughs> I like that color green. Yeah. yeah. That really does look good. Yeah. So you kind of like. So now we've spooled our reel. Let's just cut this short and go fishing. For real. <laughs> so you can see I do have clearance in between the top of the uh-huh. the reel seat uh-huh. and the reel, and it fits perfectly. There's no extra room. Right. Now, when you get this reel, like I said, they'll tell you how much of backing you should put on there. That's key because if you put too much, then you can't you reel can't this reel up. Right. You mm-hmm. put too little, you got this giant gap, and it looks really weird. Um, so either call somebody and ask them or most websites say, so that's how you spool up your reel. Go to Southern Appalachian Outdoors and yeah, we will help get you. Get Sean to do it for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm right, gonna switch back microphones. Okay, that was pretty cool right there. Yeah, it was. <laughs> All right, how much time we got, Jack? Um, twelve minutes, thirteen minutes. All right, let's let's go over half the gear. All right, yeah, that'll work. We're going to do line in the next one. It's where it gets fun. Okay. This is a two-part series, by the way, people. Oh, lost <laughs> the rod. You'll have that. Next All show right. will be next Friday. Yep, Friday at 6.30. We'll post it. Um, and be sure to like and share to enter the hat giveaway. Yes. The Sims fishing hat. Yep. And that'll be announced the week after next, so October right. the 2nd. Right. So be sure to check that out. All right, Matt, you, you know about the first first gear item. Right, first gear item, we got is sunglasses. The most overlooked piece of fishing equipment. It really is, though. Yep, it's one of the most important. Is it? Yep. Good polarized glasses will make all the difference in the world seeing structure and fish in rivers, which I tend to agree with that, definitely. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you think sunglasses, you know, they're not nothing special. They just make things darker. But polarized, you know. It cuts the sun glare off the water. Mm. A lot of times when you're at the lake and you're around other people, somebody will have them. So if you don't want to spend the money and getting one, getting a pair, and you just want to see what it looks like, normally they got like different color lenses like blue, right, orange, all kinds of stuff. Now you have a pair right yeah, there. Yeah, here's my pair. So this is the sun cloud. Um now, when you think of polarized lenses, you think of Costas, and they're like 160 to $200, which they yeah. are a phenomenal pair of glasses. That's all I have. Yeah. Now, I wear th- these all the time, whether I'm cutting grass, fishing. That's why they're so dirty right now. Yeah. SunCloud makes a very similar polarization to Costa, mm-hmm. but they're only $60. Oh, nice. So, and you, you, know, don't, you I, no longer have to break the bank to get a pair of polarized glasses. Nice. You, you know, can drop not, them in the water. It's not yeah, that right. big of a deal. Yeah, I'm about like Sean, too, you know. I'm not the 
I'm not really the biggest. Easiest person yeah, on equipment. Easiest <laughs> person on equipment, but these are just like pretty much like new. Mm-hmm. So I, I've definitely got my money out of them. Yeah. The, a pair of solari- polar- solarized. Solarized pun glasses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Polarized sunglasses is the one of the most important pieces of equipment you can have. Yeah. I'd say it's a 7 out of 10 on importance. Wow. A, it's going to take care of your eyes. Yep, protect you. And B, if you're like really wanting to see what's under the water. I'm not kidding. Just go out there and yeah, look, look, look through find somebody's. somebody who yeah. has them, put them on, and look in the water. Yep, it'll and make You can all see the through difference. the people's windshields, mm-hmm. and it's like purple with different colors, just polarized. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think it just in, bends a lot. Yeah, it reflects the reflection of light um, mm-hmm. away from your eyes. Um, but when you're fly fishing for trout, a lot of it's stalking a fish. Um, you see a fish in the water, and then you present that fly to them. Uh, so being able to see in the water is why it's so important for fly fishing. Yeah. It's like bedding bass. You know what I mean? If you don't have sunglasses, it's hard to see that bed. Yeah, if it you is. Have, if you have polarized glasses, you can see that fish on the bed perfectly. Yeah, even like if, you know, everybody sees it whenever they go to the lake, like a gust of wind comes and you got all those ripples. Yep. You know, all you see is glare. You can put these on, you can see like perfectly, pretty much just like the little waves and you mm-hmm. can see through it. Yep. Mm. All right, the next piece of equipment I'm going to talk about is waders slash wading boots. Now, we we live in a warmer climate, very warmer climate yeah. um, than most people that fly fish. Waders are not absolutely necessary. They are when the water is about 40 degrees. So. Right. Yeah. And which we're getting in that phase. Yeah. But um, during the summer, you get out there in your yeah. Daisy Dukes. and Right. Yeah. <laughs> you just go have fun. Right. Um, waders are great for cooler water temps there are many types of materials and sizes to choose from um so please go talk to somebody just don't order a pair yeah right um because they come in different heights different waist sizes different chest sizes you can get a pair perfectly made to fit you wow and they're going to be perfectly comfortable and if you they don't make a size to perfectly fit you sims will custom make a pair for you um, so you can get a proper fitting waiter. That's crazy. Um, we have a whole waiter sizing chart, and it's literally, you know, four pieces of paper put together um, and just goes through all the sizes and everything you need. Wow. And, um, and along with waiters, I'd say some of them have repair kits, right? Yes. Gore-Tex is very easy to repair. All right. Um, that's what most of your high-end waders are. Now, other types of waders, you can repair them. It's just a little bit more difficult. Yeah, so I, I would definitely... Come to think of it, I definitely get me one of those repair kits. Yeah, just say you make a four-hour drive to trout fish and you bring your waders. You know, if you walk along and you like hit a rock, something. Yeah, snag a rock, stick, briars. See, a lot. Most of your materials now are pretty resistant, um, but occasionally you will get a puncture. Yeah, but you don't want that four-hour one-way drive to just be ruined. You know, you getting out of the truck and walking down to the river yep Mm -hmm. most people have a spare set um, yeah if they're pretty serious anglers um have a spare set that they've had in the past and wore out and wanted a new pair or they buy a cheaper pair just to take with them um, on the side i say that because whenever we were building that duck blind yep i put a hole in one of sean's and it yeah it it got pretty nitty yeah it It got cold (laughs) yeah funny story though 
since all it was was just walking through a river for say like 20 seconds all i did was i took some old ice you know those those bags that ice come in took those just tied it around my leg yeah we we had we had a bag tied around a hole in a pair of neoprene waders (laughs) Uh, it lasted what two two hours yeah it lasted (laughs) a couple passes yeah nice then you'd have to take it off and tie it back yeah but you can make do but taking a waiter repair kit they normally take about 30 seconds yeah um and you can that's why you gotta carry them with you man yeah i got that way you ain't gotta i gotta gotta go grab that set too and i just hadn't done it yet just ain't gotta go grab an ice ice bag and tie it around your leg (laughs) yep (laughs) um boots are the other central part to waiters um some fly fishing waiters come with boots um 90 percent of the time that's a custom order um through a shop if you want that Mm -hmm. um but boots are generally sold separate because you wear your boots out quicker than you do your waders. Mm. Yeah. Um, boots are coming two different bottoms now, um, felt and Vibram. Um, Vibram is a really sticky rubber material. And unlike felt, when you get out of a river, they fully dry and release all the nutrients and particles and diseases that are possibly in that river off the shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, you can wash them down. Certain places like Yellowstone, um, Yosemite, parks like that have banned felt bottom waders um, due to the fact that they carry diseases from one river to another. Mm-hmm. Um, so just check with your local regulations or where you plan on going. Um, just buy Viper. Yeah, yeah, before you buy a set. Now, felt's much better to walk in rivers on. You don't slip as much. Um, they're also easier to stud. Um, which is another big thing for a lot of fly fishermen. Um, if you're walking on a lot of rock, the little studs make all the difference. Um, so talk to somebody, do a little bit of research on your state regulations and where you're planning to fish and go from there. <clears throat> now, South Carolina allows felt. 99% of our boot sales are felt. Really? Yep. So the amount of grip you get on them. Now, the other other factor I'd look at is how far are you planning on hiking? Yeah. If you're going to hike four miles to go fly fishing, don't wear felt. Take take something else to wear. Right. Um, if you're going to walk four miles and your waders plan on sweating a lot too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not comfy. No. Um, that sounds like a bad day. Yeah, well, we... We've built duck blinds on them. It's not, it's not comfy. Yeah, in like, what November? Yeah, it's still pretty hot. Still kind of warm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We end up taking them off and just getting wet by the end of it. Yep. Do a little bit of research. Um, talk to somebody that's gone fishing where you're planning on fishing, um, and get a little information. Now, I talked to a guy, one of my good customers. He comes in there all the time, and we were talking about East Toey the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the trails up there are almost impassable with trees. Really? Um, so I wouldn't have known that, and I would have gone up there, and I wouldn't have been able to make it. So talk to somebody that's been fishing. Call a fly shop. We normally get information like that. Right. Um, to relate to other people, um, to help you have a smooth day fishing. Right. Um, so that, that'd be my two cents on waders. Um Waders can be $100 to $800. Um, you don't need $800 waders if you're where we live, just wearing them during the winter for three or four times. Right. Um, 
but if you plan on traveling a little bit and how long you want them to last, materials are much better in your higher end waders than they are in your hundred dollar waders. Yeah. Um, so like I said, the best thing to do is go to somebody that knows, um, talk to them, do a little bit of research, especially on felt versus vibram, um, to know what you should get. Mm-hmm. How much time we got? We got uh, two minutes, two and a half minutes. All right. Well, go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. go ahead and um, say one more time. We are doing the yeah. Sims Hat giveaway. Um, if you like and share the podcast, you are entered. Um, Winner will be announced October second. Yep. And awesome. we're gonna give away that hat. Yeah. I mean it. Just like and share. Yeah, Dude. we appreciate you listening. Thanks for checking us out. Um, we're found on Spotify, Facebook, iHeartRadio, the Indian Shout, platform, uh, uh, Castbox, Shoutcast, all sorts of stuff yeah. in the Indian thing. Yeah. <laughs> so be sure to check us out. Um, share us with your friends or yes. anybody you want to know that wants to get into fly fishing and um, bass fishing. And bass fishing. Yeah, yeah. we have a ton yeah. of bass fishing. Um, So we appreciate you listening in, and we'll see you next week when we continue this on. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.